Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, a podcast coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 19, the Punchboarders talk about the Extra Life charity event, head on over to Clef's for a Kickstarter corner, and then review Capstone's newest release, The Estates. Hi, everybody. I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Now I'm Richie. Well, Richie, you're looking like you finally caught up on sleep. <laughs> no, not at all, actually. <laughs> I'm very tired many of us still. Like <laughs> he was the guy who took the day off, but he, uh, you worked hard. You worked hard. Yeah, yeah, we had to work on a little video. Yeah, that's pretty exciting, actually. And I had to, you know, one and a three year old. When I right when I got home, Jessica, she wasn't feeling well. She had a migraine, and she was like, "I got to go lay down for a few minutes." And then I was like, "Oh, I've been up for twenty eight hours at this point. <laughs> <laughs> There's still laying down for a few minutes." But she didn't care. No, she did not care. Did she I, remind you about the elf ears? <laughs> <laughs> she did. She but. said, "Richie, elf ears." <laughs> I just turned on Blaze and I put Knox in, in charge, basically. <laughs> so we, we did have 24 hours of gaming. Yeah. Which was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That yeah. sounds like a uh, like perfect until you actually do it, right? I mean, that's tough. That was tough. I was hurting around 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. That was, <laughs> that was my, which would have been about hour 17 or 18, somewhere in there, 19, somewhere in there. I was struggling. Uh, I think uh, Becky from the game shop took a picture of you sleeping during one of the games. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. I, what was that? Was illusion or something? Illusion. Yeah. Where I was like game. trying to pick different. But hey, every time it was my turn, I woke up and I was still correct every time that I picked the color. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so- <laughs> just he sits up. Mauve. Mauve. So, Chad, what was your favorite game that you played in that twenty-four hours of gaming? Well, you know, one of my one of my all-time favorite games is Lisboa. That that was a favorite. Now, that took a really long time. I know. <laughs> yeah. We had three other new people, and th- and I t- started teaching that one at, uh, le- let's see, I think that was about 8, 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, we had a bet. Yes, we uh, did. Clef and I, on if it would be done before midnight. I picked, <laughs> or I picked midnight. You picked you midnight. Picked I picked 1130. 11.30. It ended at 11.45, yeah, so, so we had Richie a push. and I pushed. <laughs> <laughs> Which I understand that game is is complicated, and you didn't, you had a tough time remembering all the rules. I saw you had to look to the rule book quite a bit. Yeah, I did. I mean, like I said, you know, if you haven't played it in a couple months even, a Lacerda game takes some brushing up on. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it was pretty busy there at that time, too, oh so having to teach over that, you know, the crowd noise would be yep. kind of a pain. Yeah. Yeah, there, were lot, there was there were, there were little tiny hands just grabbing courtier meeples off the board every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can I can imagine that. That's not an easy game to teach in that situation. But did they enjoy it? Yeah, I think they all did. I, I mean, I think they all were were even tired at that point, and it was a lot. And so they kind of just said, "I want to play this again in a different setting." Obviously, so yeah, excellent, excellent. So Richie, what about you? What was your favorite game that you got to play that night? Well, I got to play Lorenzo twice. Oh, and yeah. my first game, I set my high score, and then, you know, Clef had to come and rain on my parade by setting the top score that I've ever seen in a game in person, at least. Uh, I will say this. I mean, I've played Lorenzo a lot. I mean, a lot. 
And that was like right after I'd kind of been asleep and yes. we started yeah. playing. <laughs> and I really honestly not even sure I remembered like the first couple of rounds of that game. Yep. But all of a sudden I just was like, I had the engine rolling. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you it was something on the production wheel and I was able, oh, I had that power, the the special player power that allowed me to use a military to get two coins, which I was not aware that thing was phenomenal. It was just amazing i never had to worry about money for the entire game because you can get so much military easier than you can get money in that game right yeah no and yeah it was embarrassing (laughs) so i remember looking over at clef at the beginning of that game and he was very close to still asleep from the illusion game and then all of a sudden he looks over at me and his eyes are twinkling he's wide awake he's like hey you know how great this power is in lorenzo i'm scoring my high score ever it's like he just turned on the gamer viagra with this thing i don't know what happened it it did it for me i will tell you that much i was i was ready to play more games yeah let's say after that you said let's play another game yeah i would i would have done any other game because it was yeah that was that was fun you know, I know maybe not as much fun for Josh and Richie as they were like, okay, let's try for second. Because literally, I mean, <laughs> by the fourth round, it was over. I mean, there was Yeah, no I think way. you lapped us by the fifth round. And I mean, but it was still enjoyable. I mean, that's how good that game is. So it was still enjoyable trying to get in second place, which did not happen for me. But So, Chad, why don't you real quick just recap what it was all really about, the whole Extra Life thing, and, and what was our – did we find out a final total of how much money we did get to raise? Uh, we raised about 700 on just our five-person team, I think it was. And then Joe, who worked really hard at setting this up, and he was the Extra Life veteran. You know, he's he's a friend of ours. He, he had over – Close to two thousand, I think, with his team. Wow! That, that there were some video gamers on that team as well, and they they were veterans of doing it, you know. But there are a lot of things I learned for my first time of trying to help organize it. Again, uh, Becky and Norm and the staff at the game shop. I mean, oh. these guys stayed open all night for us, Amazing. which is a huge deal. Yeah. I mean, that's a big, that's a big sacrifice, really. Um, not just for working, but for the the staff and the payroll and all that stuff. That was a big deal. So yeah, we were so, so lucky to have that. And it was, it was really great. Yeah, so, big, big kudos to them. That was, that was awesome. That and was it's fun nice to get them. to give that money to the Omaha children's hospital, you know, cause it's going to, to a great cause. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was fun to get to, to get to hang out with some of the folks uh, that I hadn't met before and play some of those shorter games. Like I don't get to play Las Vegas, for example, very often. And that was fun. I mean, just, just different, different stuff throughout the throughout the day and, and meeting more listeners of the podcast that I hadn't met before. <laughs> it was kind of interesting because at one point I was talking to somebody and then they go something about, oh yeah, you don't like Root or something. And I was like, I don't even know who this person is. And okay, I guess they know. They listen. <laughs> they're they know they're wh- whispers. Stay away from that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't like Root. <laughs> and one of the other highlights of the con for me actually uh, is Macau. We got to finally play this game that I, I have not gotten to play ever, you know, because it's so hard to get a hold of. And Michelle, one of our friends and local listeners, had a copy. And so she decided to teach us. And I, I really had a great time. Yeah, it's a good game. And I mean, I've played it online, but I mean, not well. And I'm, I didn't play well in this game either. But it's a <laughs> fun game. <laughs> so Well, I had a blast with it. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It's just I'm, I'm terrible at it. <laughs> um. Basically, for those who don't know about Macau, you're 
Portuguese traders. I think that's correct. The theme, maybe. Sure. It's. I mean, it's a feld, so it's very thematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, you're, you've got this ship, and you're delivering goods essentially. But the main mechanism, as always with a feld, he focuses on one main mechanism. The main mechanism is that every round you're going to be first drafting a card with a special power on it into your tableau that you're hoping to power up to get to to actually play and get the action. Then in the next step, you're going to be drafting these different colored die that will correspond to different colored cubes that you have. The number is important on those dice too because that tells you how many cubes you're going to get. So for example, I may pick a red die with three pips on it. That means I get three of those red cubes. However, then I have to put those at the number three on my windrows, which is kind of a compass that sits out on the table and it's turning every round as well. So you're planning future actions with those colored cubes and it rotates to those. So sometimes if you pick the six, the die with the six on it, you're not going to get to that for five rounds. So you're stocking up sometimes for actions you want to do way down the road, which is kind of an interesting planning mechanism. The, the turning of the windrows was just this sort of cardboard thing and it was kind of clunky <laughs> but other than that it was it was a very cool mechanism because you're again you're trying to plan for those future actions those cubes will correspond to different things like i just talked about getting out your cards to get those powers also moving your ships to various islands to drop off goods some area control elements in the town that you're next to so all of those things, obviously, it's kind of a point salad with, with Feld. And I chose not to do much traveling and shipping. I kind of went the route of the powers of my cards. And yeah, it was it was a very, very satisfying game. Yeah, you had to do a lot of planning. And I mean, if you ever don't have any cubes when you have to turn your little wind rows or if you cannot put a new card down into your little tableau, you're going to take some penalty points. And I did that. A few times in that game. That's right. I totally forgot because I didn't have to deal with that. But Richie, yeah, he he had that like three times, I think. Uh, yeah, I had like <laughs> three or four times, actually. <laughs> right. I know I had like negative 12 points at the end of the game. What's up with loans and penalties and stuff with Richie? He just really likes to He's test the, ba- the boundaries. <laughs> he likes to walk game. on the edge. And I can't even uh, say it was you know sleep deprivation or anything because that was like our second game. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's right. Yeah, I ended up having, I played another game with somebody else, so I didn't get a chance to play with that. I can't remember. I think you were teaching Raja of the Ganges. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Vicky was uh, wanting to learn how to play that, one of uh, our local uh, people here in Omaha, and she really wanted to, to, me to teach that to her. So I went and taught her that instead of getting to play with you guys. I'm, I'm a little jealous because I definitely wanted to play it. So is it a game you guys would play again? Oh, absolutely. And Michelle said we could even borrow it to, to teach it to you. So Oh, okay. Well, let's get on that. Let's get that game borrowed. Definitely. Okay. Richie. Tell our listeners about the package that we received the other day, because that was that was pretty sweet, and we've been having fun with it. Uh, yeah, so we got a copy of Skull King from Grandpa Beck's Games uh, with the expansion, the legendary expansion, with they, which they just put out here recently. And Skull King, for those that don't know, it is a trick-taking game. It goes by a lot of different names. Or, I mean, the original game, which is Oh Hell or Oh Heck or Up and Down the River. Uh, it just depends on where you're at in the U.S., uh, but that's an older trick-taking game, and with Skull King, it basically it adds special cards and uh, a little bit better scoring as well. But the way that you play the game, it's played over 10 rounds, uh, and in the first round, everyone just gets one card. And then you'll, you'll bid as far as how many tricks do you think you'll be able to take, and you have to hit that bid exactly, otherwise you will lose points. 
And what I really like in Skull King is that they, when you bid zero, because Jessica's family plays this a lot. They taught me this game when I first moved here. And bidding zero in the original Oh Hell game was, I, in my opinion, I, I feel it's the coward's move because you don't really lose that many points if you don't hit it. And it, if you do hit it, you, you do pretty well. Um, but in Skull King, they make it where if you bid zero and you get it, you get the amount of points times the round. So in the 10th round, you could gain or lose 100 points. Right. So you're saying if you bid, hey, this last round, this 10th round, where where you would have 10 different cards in your hand, everybody has it. You're saying that then if you bid that you will take zero tricks for the round, you will get 100 points. And that's that's hard to do. Uh, yeah, especially when you, I mean, you have 10 cards that you have to basically avoid taking those tricks. That's shooting the moon, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like shooting the moon and hearts. You know, it's basically like a last ditch effort for the most part. But the really the big thing in Skull King is those special cards. So it's just like any other trick taking game where you have to follow suit if you can. But with these special cards, you can play them at any time, even if you could follow suit. And we got to play with the Legendary expansion, which added uh, some new cards and also uh, little powers on the little pirate cards. That's right, because it's called Skull King, right? So it's got a pirate theme to it. And that was what was really nice. In the package, they gave us a, a little pirate patch and a pirate earring. And, you know, I mean, that's that's awesome. That's like a regular Saturday night for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, there are some photos of you with those on, right? Yeah, I, 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 I can recall some of those. Now... When you go to say how much you're going to bid, what uh, Richie, what do you have to say? Yo, ho, ho, while pounding your fist against the table <laughs> as well. And that's that's also a, an intimidation move. You just start pounding your fist early while people are trying to figure out what they're going to bid. <laughs> well, that's what that was that you were doing. <laughs> Richie's got all the tricks for trick-taking games, you know. He's, he's saying, get in your mind. And But uh, who won that game that we played? There's the three of us. Well, I don't I mean, don't don't remember. I don't either. I started out really well. I know that. I know you did, and uh, I think as I started to figure the game out, I was not intimidated anymore. And, uh, <laughs> I think up until the very last round. Was, no, I got. I don't know what I'm doing. I got I really know. lucky because you played the Skull King, which is a special card, and I had a a uh, mermaid mermaid that was able to capture it, and then I got like big points for that and snuck out the win. But it's a fun game. I'm not trick taking games are not as a big you know big thing for me as they are for obviously for Richie or for even you chad but i enjoyed it i mean afterwards i was like hey i'd like to teach this to my family uh not that that's happened because my <laughs> wife is not playing the games with me right now but, but that's a great that's a great game for family though too so i i think you kind of hit it on the head and this is what grandpa beck's games does too they they have some really fun decisions in their sort of family weight games and again as Richie was saying, the expansion is what makes this interesting because we both had the Schmidt Spiel, Spiel version, but this has a couple of extra cards with a loot, for example, so you can capture loot and... Oh, no, you don't capture loot. You put it out, and the person that takes that trick with the loot in it, now you're kind of in cahoots with them, and you want them to take the same amount of tricks, and you guys get bonus points for it, which is adds a really interesting dynamic there. Right, and uh, then it adds the Kraken card, which just allows you to just to kill a trick. Yeah, just explode the yeah, hand. Just, yep. just put it out there. Yeah, yeah. If you like trick taking games, check this one out. It's it's good. Yeah, they did a fantastic job just improving on a classic game. So go check it out. Cliff, why don't we mosey on over to your Kickstarter corner? Sounds good to me.
So, yeah, ready for Clef's Kickstarter Corner. But before we get into this episode's Kickstarter Corner, I want to talk about one I talked about a couple episodes back, which was Pipeline from Capstone Games. And I just wanted to update everybody that has officially dropped and it is out there right now. And it, when, by the time you hear this episode, it should still have at least a couple of weeks left on it. And it's only $49 to get an amazing game. Um, great components, looks beautiful, has art from... You know, tool. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, so it's out there. If, if you look like heavy strategy, good thinky games, definitely go check that out. And I mean, a $49 price point, it, that's a steal. So definitely check that out. So the game that I'm going to be talking about this episode is a new game from a, from a first-time designer, as far as I can tell. I don't think he's really put anything out there. Uh, the new designer is uh, Raymond Chandler III, and he is putting out a game called City of the Big Shoulders. And this is a two-to-four-player game, uh, lasting approximately looks about two and a half hours, so it's a little bit longer in length. And it's kind of a mix between a heavier Euro and an 18xx game. I'm really excited about this game. I have yet to really dip my toes into the 18xx world. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm a little intimidated or just the time just hasn't quite gotten there. Or I don't have anybody who knows how to you know, I've, I've sat there and read the rule book for 1853, like five times, and I still don't really understand what the heck's going on. So I kind of need somebody maybe to help me out with that. But um, I like the thought of this game because it's going to kind of be a, a bridge between the two. It's definitely got a stock market aspect to it, um, but yet it still has normal Euro type of aspect to it where it's, you know, different phases and you're going through a, you know, a, a, a stock phase, but then you're going through a building phase and, you know, you, just kind of a normal Euro type of thing. Uh, yeah. It's got worker placement in it too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's got a board where you on it has an action phase where you're going to be sending your, what they call their partner meeples uh, across Chicago, hiring workers, recruiting salespeople, acqu- acquiring assets, um, and, and doing different things. So, I mean, it has that worker placement Euro feel to it with adding that stock market onto it. I got a look at a prototype at uh, Gen Con and kind of got a, a little bit of a demo and just thought it was just looked like an amazing game and just really something I'm really looking forward to. Um, I do think we possibly have a copy, a pre-production copy still coming. So if we get that and, and get some games played of it, we can kind of uh, report back more on this. But right now, this to me is an instant back. It's a little bit more expensive. It's a $79 price point, but for everything that you're getting in this game, it looks amazing. I just think it's going to be right up my alley. I, I mean, it's it's one for me. I don't know. Do you guys think this is something you're going to back? I, I'm, I mean, I'm always happy to hear that you're backing more and more Kickstarters. There's more and more games that I get to play. So that's, that's very true. That continues to hurt my wallet and <laughs> make sure you're happy. But it, it sounds good. It doesn't have art by Ian O'Toole, but it still looks like a really good game. Is that, is that like a new barometer for Chad? Is, if, <laughs> I think if so. If Ian O'Toole does the artwork, I'm in. If, Otherwise, i got to look and check it out. If I was Ian O'Toole, I'd be a little worried. I, <laughs> if I was Ian O'Toole, I'd be a little worried about it too right now. <laughs> I, I I friended him on Facebook. Nothing. I mean, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> he want, There's he tweets out there. That. Ian O'Toole, I love you. Uh, we're, we're really starting to worry here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Any, but no, so, seriously, this yeah. this looks like the month of heavy games. I'm over here doing my happy heavy game stance because it, it is going to be a sweet month. Both of these games are great. They're going to yeah. come out next year. It's going to oh, be you know well, they're going to be on our list. I, 
I can between almost yep. between pipeline, barrage, city of the big shoulders. I mean, there are some great heavy in our wheelhouse type of games that are coming out, and I'm looking forward to them. That's right. The only thing that's light about that is my wallet. All right. So that that was City of the Big Shoulders, designed by Raymond Chandler III, published by Parallel Games. Now it's time for us to give you our featured review of the hotness, the estates from Capstone Games. The Estates is a two to five player game that lasts around 40 minutes. It is published by Capstone Games and designed by Klaus Zock and art from Don Van Pardion and Theus Von Pardion. I'm Pardion so, so, <laughs> I am so sorry. I apologize for absolutely butchering your guys' names, but I, I apologize. Build, build, make our city look amazing. I've just come from the city council meeting and they've approved two new city blocks to be built up to the river. Six companies have jumped on to take that challenge to build these great new buildings. But wait, I've noticed some have started to build on a third block and that company over there built past the river. Greed. Can be so good, but it also can be so destructive. That that was amazing. I I kind of see where he got that acting. Yeah, those acting, acting chops. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Shut up, you two. <laughs> I try to give you theme, and I I get that. All right, in the estates, players will be auctioning off building floors, roof tiles, building permits, and even a mayor. On each player's turn, they will get to choose any item to place up for auction, thus becoming the auctioneer. Then in clockwise order, each player will either bid or pass, but each bid must be higher than the previous bid or they must pass. When the final highest bid comes back to the auctioneer, they decide one of two things. Either they accept the highest bid and that player pays the auctioneer the money and then that player gets to place the item on the game board or the auctioneer pays the highest bidder the money that they had bid and the auctioneer then gets to place out that item on the player board. Whenever a player wins a bid for a color that has not yet been won, they gain control of that color of company. Players will be placing these building floors on one of three different blocks on the board. They will then be trying to place roof tiles on top of those building floors. Players can also use building permits to increase a row or shorten a row from what it was supposed to be, and then can finally even auction off the mayor token and place it on one of the three rows that then will double the score of that row. The game ends when one of three things happens. Two rows are completely built with roof tiles on each of the building floors, or there are no building floors left to bid on, or there are no roof tiles left to bid on. Then players will score points depending on which company they have, which color of company they have, and only if the row is fully complete with the roof tiles on top, or they'll score negative points for all incomplete rows. The player with the most money or points at the end of the game is 
the winner. All right, so there's just a, I mean, and that's a real brief overview of how you play the game. Um, one thing I didn't really mention is each of the cubes have a different value on them from one to six. And so that's kind of what the floor scores and, you know, the roof tiles have different numbers on them. So that's how kind of the score is at the end of the game. But there is a basic overview of the estates. Cliff, thanks for that overview. Let's talk about our first category of our game reviews, which is art and components. Reggie, what do you think about the art and components? Oh, uh, they're great. The, you know, it's good uh, chunky wood bits in there. The, all the cubes are nice and big. And uh, then also the art is, you know, fun and colorful. So I, I, liked, I liked it a lot, actually. What about you, Clef? Uh, Beautiful. I mean, for a nice, I was about to say fun auction game, but we'll talk about that more here in a second. Um, <laughs> nice wooden blocks. Um, very nice job on, they have shapes on each of the blocks. So for anybody who's colorblind, they can tell the difference in which ones are different cool like these nice uh checks that they made that have fun people got to put their names on there you know so it's sometimes it's kind of fun to have you know the edward euler check that's been written out for a million dollars it's kind of a neat you know just kind of a neat type of thing and yeah so overall the board i mean i think it has some really nice art looks looks pretty i, I like them i think they did a good job yeah the the presentation of this is just perfect for what it is it doesn't go over the top it's not extravagant it's not elaborate but it does exactly what it sets out to do it's a game about block placement which is actually really fairly simple it once you understand the the main mechanisms but we'll get to that more later but it it does what it sets out to do in a very understated elegant way i think yeah and i'll even add in the bags are a good size bag. It's not like some gigantic bag and it's not so small you can barely fit your hand in it. I think Clay and Capstone Games did a really nice job of what you kind of said. For what the game is, it's got great components and great art. Yeah, I mean, at this price point, the production value is very high. Let's move on to the gameplay because that's really the heart of it. Like most of the games we play, that's really the heart of it. And this has got some really great gameplay. Well, you mean you don't want to talk about the theme first? Uh, we can talk about the theme if you want. <laughs> I mean, you are building for the city council and you're greedy. Okay, yeah, all right, never mind. Let's <laughs> say, is Daniel Day-Lewis going to come back out again? Yeah. <laughs> Build! <laughs> this was originally called Noya Hymet. So this was originally, a, a, I think, as far as I know, basically an abstract game. So, I mean, because Noya Hymet is German for, hey, blocks. So, <laughs> this, German is getting hey, really good. I know. Hey, <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been using my iPad app. So, anyway, the theme, you know, it's nothing special. But the gameplay, in my mind, that's pretty special. Agreed. It's it's a mean auction game, but mean in a, a good and fun way. Mean in in like a joyously. I mean, I am entertained playing this game. I don't. I, I like to win, and I do win. But I don't care who wins as much. I mean, it is so fun to to wreak havoc on each other, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying earlier, I was like, you know, a fun auction game. But when I say fun, if you don't like mean games, <laughs> you're not going to like this because it is mean. And I love it. And I, I'm terrible at it. Richie, am I terrible at this game? Uh, yeah, you're yeah, pretty bad at it. <laughs> I am terrible at this game. After after a bunch of plays with this group and other people involved, 
basically the common unspoken rule around the table is just don't partner up with cleft in negotiations. <laughs> I don't, I love it and I understand it. It's not like it's, a, but for some reason I always just make the wrong move at the wrong time or I don't know. Sometimes I think my friend Corey, who I play with all the time is just out to get me every time we play. And so maybe I mess my mind up or something that way. I don't know. Well, I mean, the interaction is so high and it's so easy like you, like you're saying, like you make the wrong move at the wrong time. It's like you think you're doing something good, and then all of a sudden, someone puts one of your blocks up for a bid, and you don't have any money. And then you know they're going to put that in a row that's not going to score any points, right? Or it's going to score negative points. Yeah, and then they and then they put that hat down, the mayor's hat, and now they're going to triple your negative or double your negative points. Right. So you, and you're just watching it happen in slow mo sometimes, and that person is just nodding and laughing in slow mo. <laughs> Just to explain, you know, so as you get your companies, you know, when you win these auctions, if you do to start with, so the first, say, blue cube, you then, if you win that one, you become the blue company. So then any positive points, the blue, you know, building blocks would score, you get those, but any then ones that don't finish their rows, you get negative points for. Well, one thing I think is really unique about this game, so it's not like you're, I mean, you are that company, but you might get somebody else in your row. That's, you know, has opposing, you know, companies, but you all of a sudden both realize we got to work together to get this row built. Otherwise, we're both going to score a bunch of negative points. So it's almost at some point where it becomes kind of a semi co-op game where you're trying to work with that player like, hey, let's get this done. But then like, I don't know, four blocks later, something happens and all of a sudden that person's like, yeah, I'm done worrying about that row. I'm over here. And then all of a sudden you're all by yourself again. You're like, whoa, what'd you do? Where'd you go? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Richie's kind of the master at that. He's like, we're going to get this done, right? Are we going to do this? We'll do this. Come on. You can do this. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to let you do it all. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> I'll throw one roof in there for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is one of my favorite parts is just you start, you know, working on that negative row that's been extended by the uh, building permits. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I'm just going to get some other blocks and put it on top so that it's no longer my building. I'm no longer in that row. And oh, I, yeah. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, that's right. Because like if you put down like a four and that's your color, you can come put a smaller number on there, you know, like say a, a two of a different color. And all of a sudden that now is that company's you know, they add those two together. It's no longer the blue players number. It's say the gray players uh, number that they have to worry about being positive or negative. So you can kind of screw somebody doing that. One of my favorite things is maybe our second play in, I was trying to mess with a strategy and then I just kind of found out that I could make Clef take most of the companies. And when you do that, that gets really unwieldy for that other person because all of a sudden they have to watch their blocks being put all over the board. And then they, they it's really hard to control what is done. And it was all I was doing was just taking my million dollar checks and slipping them under the board to embezzle. So you, so you can do that once a, once a turn, once a round, basically. Your own turn, you can slip that under. And that counts as points for you at the end of the game. And so I wasn't doing anything with any of my companies, but I was just... <laughs> I was just having fun giving Clef all the companies yeah. and oh, just putting them yeah, all, lots all over of fun. the board. Yeah, lots and lots of fun. <laughs> well, but I think that's another thing that's so amazing about this gameplay. You can go different strategies. You can get one company, you can get two companies, or you can try to obviously stick other people with multiple companies, or you can get a, you know, and I had a game where I had no companies whatsoever. I just never won an auction that had one of the companies. And you can still win because you can just basically try to make every other player 
the rows not be completed so they get a bunch of negative points. And like Chad said, you can do that embezzling and you can try to score points by that. By And you're taking money out of the game. So then stuff just gets cheaper and cheaper as the auction goes along. And this, again, we talked about it, but this is from their Simply Complex line. But it fits in the same in the same line as the climbers, which is also in that. Because really, once you learn what you're doing, the interaction, the complex part, that's all that's all in the auction. You know, it's all the back and forth and then the calculating basically and trying to mess with each other. Cause it's not really heavy from a mechanism rule standpoint. And the auction is just really where it's at and finding ways to mani- manipulate that and manipulate each other. So it's, you know, it, if your family can handle it, it's almost a family game. Like I said, yes, it's mean, but in an entertaining way, like the same way that my son loves, you know, punching people in the face in Colt Express and making them drop their loot and fly backwards. That that's what this feels like is you just giggle when you stick somebody with a with a with an awful with an awful turn or an awful company. I thought you were just gonna start talking about your son assaulting people there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I did say Colt Express. Right? Yeah, yes, you did. Yes, you did finish the, the yeah, sentence. Good, 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 good. I, I agree. It is a it's a simple game to learn, a very simple game to teach, but the strategies are highly complex, which is one of the great things that I love about it. So, uh, how about variability and replayability? I think the variability and the replayability. There's not a lot of difference in this game, but. The, the thing is, it's an auction. That's that's what the difference is. It's in the interaction like we just talked about. I could sit and play this game a bunch because A, it goes pretty short. And B, we just talked about all the different ways that you can you can play each other against each other. You can negotiate. You can do all these things, right? So there's plenty of stuff to uncover and play with. Plus, Clef, we didn't even talk about the the variant way to play, which I, I found quite fun as well. I, I will say, I think the variability in this game is is through the roof. Because, for one thing, you always are going to pull out 12 of the cubes, of the building cubes, each game. So you've got different numbers and colors that are going to be out there every game. So that is always going to change. But just every game with the auctions, it's just going to be so different about where people place things, you know, how much money is being bid on things. It just, every single game is like a brand new game to me. And yeah, you can you can do different things. Like you can play just a single game or you can play multiple games where you even keep your money that you left with the last game. So maybe you didn't do so well the first game, but maybe you're going to start off with, you know, half the money in play or something because it is kind of a closed economy. Everybody starts off with $12 million and you bid everything in million dollars. So it's like, you know, 2 million, 3 million type of bids, but it's a closed economy. I mean, $12 million, that's what every single player starts with. There's never going to be any more money in the game. You can start to get less money in the game with the embezzling, but it's all, Always going to be the same. But, yeah, variability for me through the roof, I feel like. Yeah, and I would agree because, I mean, it's definitely about playing off of each other. So it's the different personalities at, at the table that really change the game and how the auction is going to go, how mean it's going to be. Just the interaction between the different players is just great, and that really just ramps up that replayability and variability. And I want to piggyback off of that and say that – to me, I, I just got my own copy because right after we played the first game that we played it, I was like, Richie, where do we get this? Where where can we get this now? Because I did not I did not get it on the Kickstarter. So we jumped on and, and found it because for me, it's one of those games that you go, oh, man, I want to play this game with this person 
or right. this person. Like you can think of specific people that you want because there's psychology in this game, and there's you know there are different personalities that you want to play this game with. Oh, I want to play this game with Vince. I know, right? That's exactly what <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, I see about. what you're saying. It definitely is. I wonder now, but I wonder if you could get a flat game. I mean, you could get some people that maybe just don't quite understand it or kind of are not all into being mean that it could run flat if you got the wrong group for sure too i i suppose that's true but i think you would tell them enough going in and when you explain it to them i think there is the danger just like any auction game the first time you play you're you're having a hard time valuating anything right right yeah but i think i mean with this one like as soon as like someone starts messing with you by like extending your row they're going to get it real quick when you take one you take one of their six blocks and you put it in that row and then put the mayor in there to double it so you know they'll catch on quick i think yeah that's that's very true you you definitely can make them become aware of you can be being right back to them that's for sure so what about player count because the box says two to five so we're going to come to the two here in a minute because richie did play some two players of it so let's talk about it at three did we feel like it was good at three that was one of my favorite plays. Again, that was the play that Richie and I were just letting you have those companies. And just, <laughs> yeah. that's, okay. That was great. I, I had a great time with it at three. So, felt like a solid at three, four. Yeah, I I loved four too. Yeah, yeah. we played that with Josh, right? When yeah, we, we played with four and a few times at four with Josh, and that yeah. was really good. And then five. That was an extra life play, I think. I, I've played it, I think, four times now at five. I love it at all. Three, four, and five. I think it's all solid. I think there's good interaction. It's it's. A fun way to play. I, I think all the player counts of three, four, and five are perfect. And I agree. I've played it at those three player counts that you just talked about. And there is not a single instance that I can think of where I said, oh, I wish, though, that it was like that one time when we played with yep. this many. Nope. It nope. was all the same to me and, and great fun. Yeah, perfect. So two. So, Richie? Well, two was a little strange because you don't have much money in the game. And you know that you really can't bid that much because if you gave all the money to the other person, then you are just screwed for the rest of the game. So you're, the bids were extremely low between me and Jessica. And I mean, a lot of most of the time we were just sticking like we had extended one of the rows all the way back. The building permit was on the very back and the cancel cube had been thrown out of the game. So that row was most likely going to score negative because I think some of the roof tiles had already been placed. So there wasn't enough roof tiles to even complete that row. So then we just spent the rest of the game kind of just putting our, you know, each other's cubes in that row to score negative points. And then finally, um, you know, the roof tiles went and then that's what ended the game. It's just, it was, it's a little odd. You kind of miss those other people. So I, in my personal opinion, I think the box should probably say three to five. I understand why publishers want to put two on there. But I think this really shines at those higher player accounts. And that's pretty much like, I can't think of an auction game that I like much at two. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Biblios, which has part of that in there maybe, but yeah, there aren't a little very bit. many. I mean, Raw can be played at two player just because of its uniqueness, you know, because, you know, you still have the closed numbers. But I still prefer Raw yeah, at three or four. Yeah, it's still not great yeah. at two. And with this, nothing changes. Everyone gets twelve million to start, and you know you set up the game the exact you set it up and play it the exact same way that you would at any other player count. Which I think maybe I mean maybe in the forums, uh, you know, on BGG because a lot of people will work on you know two player variants and one player variants. Not not that a one player variant would work here, but I'm just saying maybe someone will figure it out. I don't know if it's great out of the box at two. 
But otherwise, three, four, and five, we all give big thumbs up to, and is is really good for the game. Yeah, and just to because some of our listeners I know like to hear this. I think we've all played it at least five games of it, mostly more, right? Right. Yeah, I'm I'm up to at least seven, I believe. So yeah, it's it plays so quick. Yeah, it's that's just another thing of it. Even whatever way you want to play it, the game plays quick. It's easy to teach. Yeah, this is a home run from Capstone. I'm I'm glad they reprinted it, and I think they did a great job. I've never gotten to play the original, so I don't know if there's much in the change of rules in it, if they did a lot of changes in it. I just I don't, don't know either. that. Yeah, that's something we could look into. But anyways, uh, yeah, definite uh, good game, and they did a good job. So, well, I suppose at this moment, we might want to give it a rating. But, but before we rate this game, we have changed the Punchboard Paradise rating system. You make it sound so dramatic. <laughs> it is dramatic. All right. Before <laughs> just I got a to little those emails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How you dare you give Rude a one? <laughs> okay. Anyways, so we have changed the rating system. Richie, did you want to give us an update of all six numbers of what they stand for? Sure. Okay. So a one is a game. That was miserable for you to play and that you would never want to play again. A two is a game that you dislike that uh, you personally would never ask to play, but you might be able to be talked into playing a game of it. Three is a mediocre game. Uh, You don't need to own it, but you would play it. Four is an above average game that is worth owning and you would suggest playing it from time to time. A five is a great game, possible uh, top 10 for the year. And then six is a Hall of Fame game, uh, possible top 10 of all time for you okay so there is the new official punchboard paradise rating scale i don't think we need to talk about that anymore let's move on (laughs) (laughs) chad what would you rate the estates on the new punchboard rating scale on the new punchboard rating scale i would give it a five there's no there's i have no qualms about that it's i know it's going to make my top 10 it's just so much fun and we keep talking about it as a mean game. And you know how I can be about some of these. Sometimes I don't, and I know Richie gives me a hard time because I'm try- hard to figure out sometimes, but I I really like this game. And I think because of the rules and stuff, I think just like the climbers, because I think that's what he's going for, Simply Complex. I would almost say that this is a game a lot of people should have. I mean, it just is is a different enough kind of auction. It's got a table presence with the colorful blocks. There's there's just so much going on. It's easy to learn once you can grasp it. And there's just so much to play with there. I Like I said, I really feel like everybody should kind of have this in their collection. It's it's I, I can't say right now that it's going to be a Hall of Fame game for me, but it's just so much fun that it's a five and there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Okay, Richie, what do you give it? So my favorite auction game is probably Raw. When I was looking at my top 100, I think that that was my favorite auction game. And I think that this might beat it out. Yes. Wow. Um, This may be my favorite auction game um, of all time. So for me, it's a five because I don't know if it could ever crack, you know, my top 10 of all time. But it is it's definitely going to be in the top 10 of games that we've played this year. And it's been a really good year. Um, and so that that is impressive for this game to get up there. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a five for me. Well, this is going to sound like a little bit of a broken record then because 100% a five. It's going to be in my top 10 of the year. There's no doubt about it. 
I think for me is is what kind of Richie just said. I don't really think I had an auction game that was probably even in the top, my top, you know, 20, 25 or somewhere in that range. You know, Raw probably would be my my top auction game. And I'll know, I'll tell you this, I like Estates better than I like Raw. But I don't know if it would break my top 10 so I, of all time. So I can't quite give it a six. But boy, I'm giving it a strong, strong five. Great game. I am so glad I own it. I am so looking forward to like, every type of situation to be able to say, Hey, let's play estates. Um, I'm going to a, I'm going to get to go to the local con here this weekend, uh, here in Nebraska, uh, across the board con ATB con as they're calling it. It's one of those games. I'm literally looking forward to bringing to people and saying, Hey, let's play this game just because I'm interested to see how other people perceive it and how they'll play it and what they'll do different. It's really exciting. So, I mean, this is a five just all the way. And one last thing, that that's the reason I think that this has the leg up on a game like Raw, which is great. But the game of Raw, there's so much built into those mechanisms where you have the chit that you're turning in and that sort of thing. Whereas this game, what it really revolves around is that interaction. And so that is mm-hmm. that is it. And that's the other reason that you just, two is a little bit flat. There's no negotiation there. Like there is when you have three and you're going... Wait, wait, wait. No, no, don't look at that guy. Look at me. Look at me. You're going, we're, going, we're doing this together, yeah, well, right? Well, come on. You're about this right. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks to Capstone Games. This was a great pickup for us, and we highly recommend that you check it out. That is 5, 5, and 5 from Clef, Richie, and Chad. Okay, Chad, I, I hear a rumor. You've got some new Linky questions for us. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, the only reason I put the time, sweat, and tears into this is because we had people saying they wanted more board game Linky. I, I kind of said, oh, boy, when I heard that. So, <laughs> Well, I'm ready. I, I've just been telling Chad that, so he has to keep coming up with these. Nobody really probably listens to this part. <laughs> Great, thanks. <laughs> I kid, Chad. We're, we're excited. All right. Get ready. Get your listening ears on. I really hope that you guys uh, do a little bit better this time than you have the last couple times. Hold on. I'm going to grab a piece of paper and a pen so I can like write down. <laughs> Are you making some diagrams? <laughs> the, the answer. I, I'll give Richie something if he wants it. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay, good. I got, got it. it. He's got it. All right. <clears throat> here we go. So here is the first one. We've got we got four. So prepare here. All right. This two-player-only game has two designers, one of which is Antoine Bauza. This two-player game has two designers, one of which is Antoine Bauza. I think I know that one. Okay, you got a leg up on me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's the next one. You both are getting this one. A game from What's Your Game, publisher, that includes marrying your sons and daughters off to good families. Let's not not even talk about why we, we know that one after last episode. Yeah. Oh, come on now. Chad, the what's your game thief. All right. Next is a felled game set in France with car meeples. A felled game set in France with car meeples. Do you know this one? Well, I'm going to I'm gonna throw out a linky here and just say games with foreign city title names? No. <laughs> no. Do you know the felled with car meeples? Yeah. Okay. 
That's the only. That's oh, the only okay. One. Yeah. Yep. I know that yeah, one. Okay. I mean, I know Kirk, that. Do you one. want to hear the last one? Clef is disqualified yeah, now because he out. guessed wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. But you're going to give you the shot. last one. Okay. Okay. That was that was good. I'll give you no points, but <laughs> I'll give you a little pat on the <laughs> back. Thanks. All right. So this is the last part of it, Richie. Listen up. Two to four player game that is often compared to Magic that has the same art style as Lords of Zidit. Good luck with that one, buddy. Okay. Um. I'm going to go backwards because now I'm doubting my f- the first one. So we got Seasons, Notre oh, Dame. Okay. Yep. Signore. Then was it Seven Wonders Duel? That is all correct. Okay. So, I what did have Seven have Wonders Duel, but I thought maybe I was wrong. <laughs> so what is in common with all those? Is there a hunchback involved in <laughs> Was that your linky? <laughs> no. Is there, is there a clue? Uh, I feel like I should Mechanisms. Have a clue. Let's say that. Oh, um, do they all have card drafting? They all have drafting. 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 Just so, drafting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's right. a point for me. Okay. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. I'm not giving that to you. What? All right. Oh, boy. I don't know. Do you want to go through three more of these? <laughs> I'm taking that point. I... Oh. <laughs> You're going to have to arm wrestle for that one. Okay. Here's the next one. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. We're on it. Get ready. Game by J. Alex Kevern about prospecting, including an area control mechanism. Got it. For those who are listening, game by J. Alex Kevern about prospecting, including an area control mechanism. For those that are listening, most people have tuned out by this point. <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. The next one is a Viking worker placement game where players place a meeple and then take a meeple. I know that one. <laughs> all right. The next one is... This is an island version of the seminal gateway tile laying game by Klaus Jurgen Rydde. I think I know that one. Ooh, Have they okay. been making those all around the world? Yep. Okay. So here's the last one. This is a storytelling game with whimsical art, worker placement mechanism, and a theme about exploring caves. Okay. So I know do we that get one. half points if we get all four games? I okay, think it, I'll give you a half point. Okay, so that. I got a half point for round one. All right. Clef's furiously ready um, right now. I'll go Linky. Okay. Games that you explore in? Like exploratory games? That's close, but not quite. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go for my half point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Read me the first one again. Game by J. Alex Kevern about prospecting, including area Okay, that's the uh, Gold West. Okay. The second one was Carcassonne South Seas. Uh-huh. The third one, what was it? Read the third one again. Oh, I'm sorry. This, the third one was that one. The oh, okay. second one was Viking Worker Placement Game. Where oh, players... uh, Raiders of the North Sea. Okay. Can anybody? I oh, mean, I see? think if you're listening. Or <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh, I guarantee go... our listeners have had this like 20 <laughs> minutes ago. Right? <laughs> We're the ones who I can't know. get these. What was the last one again? The last one was Game with Whimsical Art Worker Placement Mechanism. Oh, and that was Above and Below. Right. Oh, Directions. Yes. <laughs> yes. And once again, no. it's a half point. I'm taking the half point. Wow. What? How are you going to get my half point for that? <laughs> I got all the games. You didn't know that was Gold West, did you? Or uh, you definitely didn't know Carcassonne I had South Seas. N- I knew the first two, and or excuse me, I knew I didn't know Carcassonne, yes. I had no idea what you're talking about with Carcassonne. All right, so I'm leading with one point. <laughs> Playing a different all game, right. but still leading with one point. All right. To, you're all still right. going to have to arm right. wrestle Fine. for this. Later. I beat him like the last three Linky games we played, so <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I got to get a win somewhere. <laughs> okay. Here, here's just kind of a sentence about each of these next ones. Okay, ready? All right. Pilot the sub with friends. Pilot the <laughs> sub with friends. Okay. All right. Okay. Build your ship quickly but carefully. 
You don't want to be decimated by asteroids. That was two sentences. <laughs> Build your ship quickly, but carefully. Linky. You- okay. Real-time games? Yep. Mm, good one. I knew the first two, but I, I hadn't quite got there yet. Yep. All right. Good All right. job, Richie. Oh, man. This one's worth double go. points. Okay, good. No, okay. no, no, <laughs> no double no points. Shots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here you go. This is gonna be this is gonna be difficult. So you oh, have to think. You probably should have given us the rest of the, uh, or at least the, the rest last, of the. Oh yeah, yeah you rest worked of the games so hard on those. Uh, yeah, you had you you just had the first two, right? Yeah, Captain okay. Sonar, and then uh, Galaxy Trucker. Yeah, mm-hmm. Galaxy Trucker. All right, so here's the other ones. Uh, get out now, but grab the gems and watch for traps. Oh, ink and gold. No, no, that's not real time. Oh, um, escape. Yeah, escape oh, the okay. temple. Yeah. Uh, last one was work together to run the restaurant, but serve your customers correctly. Is it called Kitchen Rush or? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Richie got the real point, though, so he doesn't need the half point. All right. So here we go. <laughs> Here's the I mean, last I'll take one. it. It's worth double here. Here we go. Programming game about robbing a train. Watch out for that marshal. Say it again. <laughs> Programming game about robbing the train. Watch out for that marshal. Okay. All right. The next one is Tile Laying Game by Bruno Catala, whose mechanism is in part based on an old game with black and white blocks. All right. You can see the wheels turning over there. That, the black and white blocks is, are actually in the title there, but that's that's plenty of plenty of help right there. Anyway. Nope. Okay. Number oh, black three. Black and whites, that board game, was that? No, what? no, not that, not that at all. Okay. Not, let's not go there right now. Okay, so no, uh, this is an old, old game with black and white blocks. Okay, okay, there okay. you go. All right, next, Kiesling game with chunky, colorful tiles based on a Portuguese art style. <laughs> During extra life, uh, Chad was me and Clef were playing a game, and all of a sudden we hear Chad going on about these Portuguese tiles and talking about all this theme. And I think we all know what he was hey, talking about was Azul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going into theme on Azul. Is... I just want you to know the people that I was teaching it to asked me what it was about, and they said that I had explained the mechanisms, and they're like, "Yeah, but what it's about?" I saw you guys just <laughs> collapsing in laughter over there as I explained the theme. Anyway, whenever anybody ever explained the theme of chess, y'all are ridiculous. Let's go. <laughs> no, no. All right, it has more theme than Azul. <laughs> so number four, party game with a spy theme. By CGE. So I think you've probably gotten most of the games, but can you find the linky? Give me the first one again. Programming game about robbing a train. Watch out for the marshal. Uh, linky. All games where you could fall or something can fall. <laughs> no. <laughs> the tiles falling to the ground and breaking. The you falling off the train. <laughs> what was the last one? <laughs> uh party game with the spy, oh, spy fall he's out he's out he's out i still got a shot here by cg what oh okay no yeah. yep that threw me off that's a uh, that's hobby world yeah yeah it's not spy fall no nope. oh, i thought it was spy fall was what he was talking about yeah, I, that's what was, i was talking that's about not I was the wrong. game oh okay right you know that game yeah, I know CGE that. party game. I know oh, the game. Oh, Yeah, I played it. No, 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 no. What the <laughs> hey, answer hey, this is? Let him go. All he's, right, he's fine. got it. He's got it. He's writing furiously. He's got like pie on that paper and like a. <laughs> Can I get of, the second question again? Decimals. <laughs> Can I get the second question again? The second one was a tile laying game by Bruno Catala, whose mechanism is in part based on an old game with black and white blocks or tiles. Mm. That's the one I don't know. I even gave you a pretty big hint. That old game is actually in the title. Oh, okay. 
you, the way you're describing those tiles is, I think, inaccurate. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, give enough. me what you didn't know. What, how what is to. he? It's what, King Domino. Oh, I you see. What you're when you say it, it sounded like there are black and white tiles. Okay. Fair enough. I don't know. You some dominoes are black with white dots. That would also some... go along with my fall. Like you know, you set up the <laughs> dominoes, you knock them over. That's true. Okay, but that's not the answer. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Well, obviously now I I know the answer, but I don't want to you know show Richie up. I'm gonna let Richie have the win here and just not not answer this one tonight. <laughs> oh, come very on. nice of you, Claude. Yes. Come it's, on. It's somebody. Can usually get I game. don't know. I have no idea. Those are right, the last what's the, what's the four hint? Spiel des Jahres winners. So those no, are pretty recent. Wow. Those are pretty recent. Oh, yeah. Well, the issue was that I, I was thinking Spyfall instead of code names. <laughs> that that really threw off oh, my. Oh, I I'm still thinking Spyfall. I know okay, that's I why I didn't I didn't want him to correct you. I didn't hear you. I was like, what are they talking about? Okay. Oh, uh, man. If, I even... if I would if I would have known code names, I still wouldn't have gotten it. Okay. <laughs> uh, people aren't going to ask for this anymore. I think we we killed it. So that's good. <laughs> Hey, what? I got one. So. <laughs> you did. You you actually won one, so that was good. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Maybe people on the Slack chat can tell us whether they want more Linky or they just <laughs> oh, or they want, kill it. want Richie down. and I to stop playing board games or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Well, on that note, I think we should uh, sign off. But I would like to have people – we talked about it earlier in the episode, but please stop by YouTube – and check out our Punchboard Paradise channel. We don't have much up on there yet, but it's it's coming. We're we're we've got some plans here. So as we get better and better with these things, it's going to be even even more exciting. So check that out. And of course, shoot me an email at punchboardparadise at gmail.com if you'd like to join our Slack chat, or if you just want to ask a question for our mailbag. You can visit us on our guild on boardgamegeek.com at guild number 3227. We're also on Twitter, at Punchboarders, and on Instagram, at Punchboard Paradise, and of course, our Facebook page, Punchboard Paradise. So those are all the ways you can get in contact with us. All right, well, that's going to do it for episode 19. Everybody, thanks a lot for listening, and have a great day. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.